Listening to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast where we share the knowledge of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science to help you learn and embody ancient wisdom in a practical way to optimize your health, deepen your spiritual practice, and step into your peak potential. I'm your host, Mel Singh. Welcome to the podcast. So today I have, I've got a treat for you. Um... This was actually a topic that was requested by um, a podcast listener, a lovely, regular Yogi Fuel podcast listener who is also a mother. I I think she's an Ayurvedic entrepreneur as well, yoga practitioner. And I'm always saying in my podcast that I do, and I, I will leave this open as well to any of you who are listening to this here, is that I always want to know like what you want to learn about, what you want to hear about, what you want to hear my perspective on. And so this individual asked me, you know, like, can you just share a little bit more about like motherhood? Like, how do we, how do we navigate all of this? How do we navigate motherhood and our practices and being healthy and, you know, our business and like, how do we negotiate all of these different parts of ourselves as mothers and just sort of bring it all together. And so that's what I wanna share with you about today. And I have just so many thoughts and feels and emotions around this because it's certainly, yeah, how do we negotiate all these different hats that we wear? How do we negotiate being a present mother? I know for me, it was a core value to be this like really hands-on hippie present mom who like makes granola from scratch and also, you know, like has a business, like I wanted it all. And I wasn't willing and I'm not willing to sacrifice any of the fullness of what makes me, me, of having the ambition and and, and building the business and supporting people in a way that I know I was meant to. And being this present mom who makes granola from scratch at home, who makes like almond milk from scratch at home, you know, who like makes all of her food at home and who also has energy and does her practices and has this like spiritual nature. Like I, I know that we can have it all. And so what I want to share with you today are just some things that I've learned on my journey that has certainly not been easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I've had a very um, challenging and challenging and yet, you know, it's it's so comparative, right? Experiences of motherhood. One of the things we're going to talk about is not comparing experiences because no two journeys are the same. We can say this for motherhood. We can say this for everything, but there are no two paths that are identical. We all have our unique challenges and circumstances that are, that are difficult. I've had my own and I've overcome them in my own unique ways. And you might have yours. You might have things that make your experience you know, more easeful and certain things that make it more challenging. And those could be totally different from me as well, right? So I really want to dive in today to supporting you in understanding like specifically, you know, as ambitious mothers, as ambitious mothers who want to have, you know, a business or who want to, you know, create an impact, who want to go back to the to work, who also want to be present moms and who also don't want to feel stressed AF and exhausted all the time because, you know, there is this sort of like ideal, right? Like within motherhood that we're constantly exhausted, And it's true. Motherhood is exhausting. And we're going to talk about this. It is tiring. There is a challenge that is present for us that is not necessarily present for non-moms, right? And so we need to honor that. We need to acknowledge that. And we need to be a little bit more vigilant with our practices, our rituals, et cetera, and and a little bit more um, just intentional about the way that we 
use our time because we don't just have all of the time in the world um, to be devoting to different practices or to be devoting to our business. I know that was something for me that was really challenging, which was like, and one of the first things that we're going to talk about is this concept of not comparing because it's very easy to see someone who has tons of help and support and think, well, it must be so easy for them. Or to think about, you know, someone who doesn't have a child and think, well, they just have the opportunity to do whatever they want. They can go for their yoga practice whenever they can go and they can make their smoothie bowl whenever they can go. And like the other day I was feeling really emotional and like, I couldn't even reach out to a friend about it. Like I I couldn't even, I didn't have the space in the day to even share and let out my emotions because there was a person that needed me. And so it's really easy to get in that comparisonitis mode where we're comparing ourselves to other mothers, other women, people with other experiences. But we want to note that all of our experiences are uniquely our own and we need to really work with like what it is that we have. And so what I really want to hit home, like I guess like high level overview of what I want to cover inside of this um, podcast slash this is being recorded as a podcast, by the way, slash Facebook Live for you is how do we navigate our stress cultivating more energy and being in the space of self-care and doing all the things we want to do as an ambitious mother. How do we navigate this world as an ambitious mother? How do we make these changes and what are some tips that are unique to us? Because like I said, it is a different ball game if you have a tiny human that requires you all the time than um, if you don't. And this might be something that's helpful for those of you who aren't moms who are listening to this. Um, Of course, these tips are going to be helpful, but this is specifically for the mamas in the group. Um, I know that there are many of you in here um, who could relate to this. And so I've got so many tips today and it's me and I'm going to like probably riff off on something. So I want to be really like intentional again with this time and with sharing with you the different um, things that I want to share with you. So I want to share like two sort of like high level things before we even get into like the specific tips of, you know, stress reduction and cultivating more energy and going into like the nitty gritty on like, how do we create a routine? Like, what does that even look like? Mel, I can't even fathom having a routine with this unpredictable human being. Um, The first thing that I think, and I've already talked about this is do not compare yourself. Do not compare your experience of motherhood against anyone else's experience of motherhood against people who are not mothers. I am someone who certainly like low key loves to compare. Like it's really hard for me. That's definitely a big practice for me is to not compare myself to other people in other people's situations, but do not compare yourself to others' situations. Like I said, no two experiences are the same. We really want to focus on identifying and understanding what is my experience and how can I support my own unique experience the best way possible? Because going into that space of comparison, is only going to put you into this like negative spiral of thinking, oh, well, she has it so easy or oh, if only. And it's going to put you in this really just like not ideal framework. I know this from personal embodied experience. Um, and so maybe a helpful, helpful tip when that happens is notice. Notice when you start to compare yourself. Notice how it feels in your physical body. Does it feel contractive or does it feel expansive? And I bet you it feels contractive. I bet you it doesn't feel good to be in that space of comparison. And so notice that. Simply observe it. Don't judge yourself for comparing. You're going to compare yourself. It's natural, okay? But don't stay in that space for too long. Really give yourself permission to be in that space and then allow yourself the permission to also come out of that space, okay? And the second thing that's very helpful before we even get into all of this, and this is something that's like such a powerful question that I ask everybody is like, What do you want? What do you want your experience of motherhood to look like and to feel like? What do you want? 
and really like maybe feel into this, maybe even like stop this and like take a minute and be like, damn, what do I want? Like I never thought about that, right? Sometimes we might just go with the flow. We might just think we want this thing because we see other people having that thing, right? We might think, oh, I want to be a mother and an entrepreneur because I see all these other people having it and I think that's what I want. Maybe we think we want to be this, you know, high rolling, you know, mom who's like, like I thought in the beginning of my, you know, motherhood, like, yes, like I, I want to build this, this business, this, you know, this counseling business. I want to, you know, create this. And in my mind, that's, that was like my whole, my focus was like super on that. But I didn't take a step back and think about what do I want the rest of my life to look like? I have these other areas of life as well. And so getting clear on, and for me, what that looked like is I know I want to be a hands-on mom. And I actually had it like, and I was told by multiple people, you can't have it all. You actually have, you have, you have to pick one. Either you're going to be this like hippie granola mom who's making the granola at home and who's like, you know, doing all the hippie things, or you're going to be this like high rolling entrepreneur, right? There was no, there was no middle ground or so it seemed. And I was like, but what if I do want both? What what if I want to be, what if there was a way for me to be this like mom who like cooks, I, I keep saying granola, but I make other things too, homemade pizzas, right? I want to be the mom and I am, it's so exciting. I want to be the mom who's making homemade, and I do this and I feel really proud of it. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen, who makes homemade, you know, vegan gluten-free pizzas from scratch for my daughter that I have now spoiled her into, like I'll make them into any shape she wants, right? So I'll make her like a heart-shaped pizza or a friggin' like, um, uh, unicorn shaped pizza. And now any kid who comes over to my house, the expectation is like, I'm going to make them this friggin' pizza. That's like the custom pizza. And it's like, I, lo- I actually love doing it. It's like a part of who I am. It's definitely my self-expression in the world as a mother is being like that mom who's making the cool pizzas. Um, but that's the kind of mom I want to be. I want to be that mom and I want to be an entrepreneur, right? And I want to have this spiritual practice. And I battled with myself for a long time, feeling like that wasn't possible. And it is. And so what I'll go through today when we go through like the tips is if we want to have it all, you need to be super intentional. That That's the thing. You need to be intentional with your time, with your energy. We need to fuel our body, you know, in a particular way. So we're going to go into that a little bit more. But the first step is identifying what do you want? What kind of a mom do you want to be? No bad, right or wrong answer, but maybe you don't. There, There is this, you know, pressure on women Either, you know, and, and I see it often, right? It's like there is some level of pressure on women that we should want to be working moms. But maybe that's not what you want. Maybe you don't want to work. Maybe you do want to be a full-time fucking 100% kick-ass mom. Maybe that's what you want. But maybe society has conditioned you to feel like, oh, I should want this ambition, you know? And and if you're listening to this, you probably do want ambition too. But I'm just saying, and I'm giving you permission that you don't have to want to be ambitious if you don't want to, right? Or maybe you've been conditioned to thinking, oh, I should want to be a stay-at-home mom, but actually, shoot, I do want to have this business. Maybe you've been conditioned to feel that it's either or. So the very first step and the very first thing you want to do is get clear on what do you want? What do you desire as a mom? What would your perfect... So this is even a good hot hot tip as well. Like maybe go and write down, what does your perfect day as a mother look like? What would that look like for you? This was really key. I'll tell you actually, in terms of like really setting up my day for success was getting clear. What does my perfect day look like? Adding in, okay, like I have mom things to do. I have cooking things to do. I have household things to do. I have practice things to do. I have business things to do. 
what is my perfect day going to look like? Knowing that every day can kind of shift and change as well, but get clear on what do you want and desire inside of your motherhood? And what do you want your day to look like? Okay. Because again, inside of motherhood, you can't just do whatever you want, whenever you want. No, man, there's another human being relying on you. There's another tiny person who's like, mom, mom, asking you all the things. Okay. So we need to be more intentional. And I will tell you right now, as someone who hates planning, it like, oh, I hate it. I hate feeling like tied down by a schedule. It's something that I have come to lean into. It's something I've come to love. It's something I've come to really rely on to know that this is what I need to do in order to get done and accomplish what it is that I desire and what it is that I want to get done. So those are the hot two first things, the hot tip first things. Do not compare yourself to other to other mothers. <laughs> and number two, identify what you want and even go as deep as to, you know, write out what does your ideal day as a mother look like? Okay, so those are the first two things that you are gonna wanna do. And I think I'm gonna go over this at some point as well. You know, give yourself ease and permission if your day does not always look like that perfect day. It's not always going to, things are gonna happen. We need to expect the unexpected as mothers. You could have this whole day planned out. Let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're like, yes, Monday, I'm gonna, it's gonna be my content day. I'm gonna create all this content for social media. Yes, yes, yes. And then Monday comes around and your kid is sick. What are you going to do? Be like, okay, bye kid. No, you have to, you know, be the, be that mother for your child in that moment and accept that this thing has happened. You could say, all right, perfect. Monday morning, going to start my sick new morning routine. I'm going to do this, you know, practice. I'm going to do my yoga practice. I'm going to do this meditation. And then, you know, the whole night your kid was up the entire night and they were sick. You're not going to wake up at 5am on Monday morning. If you didn't get any sleep that night and like do your practice in the morning, you're going to take a deep breath and you're going to let yourself sleep in because, or you're going to, you know, continue to run down your adrenals. You're going to, you know, be in this space of stress chronically over time. And that's not going to be helpful for you. So you're also going to have to give yourself and learn to lean into the unknown and to lean into the, you know, what the, what the universe is giving you to lean into, you know, things not always going as you planned. And this will be hard for people who are planners and who like things a certain way. I'm someone who's just like a go with the flow kind of person. So it works in my advantage. But, um, for those of you who are like, no, things need to go this way. It's going to be harder and really using motherhood as an opportunity for practice. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second as well. So Oh my goodness, that's only the beginning of it and I have so many tips, but I'm gonna be really intentional and focused with my time as I share this with you. Um, but one of the first tips and one of the best things, one of the number one things I recommend to any mom that I work with um, is, or you know, any of my mom friends who are like, oh, Mel, what do I do? Is like, as much as you can, get into a routine. And I would even say like, before we get into like a rigid, like, like full day routine, create a morning routine and create an evening routine. Okay, we have an entire guide on how to create an Ayurvedic morning routine for you. I do think that things are a little bit different for mothers. We might not have the opportunity to get up in the morning super early, like I said, if our kids are up all night. But one of the number one tips that I could give to any mother, any parent who is listening to this, who is ambitious, who is struggling with a lot of stress and overwhelm, wake up before your child. If you do nothing else, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, from this live video, wake up before your children, okay? Even if it's 30 minutes, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's five minutes, give yourself time and space in the morning to not be with your child, to have and be in your own energy. There is nothing more overstimulating than waking up first thing in the morning and having your kid asking you 55 million questions 
about the friggin' My Little Ponies or whatever they're asking you, right? There's nothing more dysregulating to the nervous system than that, right? I talk a lot about the nervous system. I talk a lot about overstimulation and dysregulation. And fortunately or unfortunately for mothers, for parents, we are in a chronic stimulated state. We have a tiny person. No no matter what age your kid is at, you could have a brand new baby and that is overstimulating. You're constantly being needed by this child, being touched by that child, you know, being on alert for their cries. That's a lot of stimulation, okay? If your kid, my daughter is about three and a half now, when we're together, there's a lot of questions I'm getting asked. She wants to touch me, she wants to cuddle me, and it's so sweet, but that is a lot of stimulation. And when you get that boom, like first thing in the morning, it's a lot. So when you have a child, you sort of have this baseline level of like high level stimulation, okay? And then other things in our life happen, stresses, 2020 and 2021 is a collective experience of reality. There's a lot of stimulus happening. And so I talk about regulating the nervous system. There are a lot of things that we can do, but the way that we start our day is really powerful. And so if we start our day in a regulated state, and if we start our day by, you know, being calm and having a moment by ourselves and not being like overwhelmed with things, that's gonna really fill our cup for the rest of the day. So if you can wake up before your child, you don't have to have a crazy morning routine. It would be great if you did yoga and meditation and some breath work, that'd be awesome. But at the absolute bare minimum, wake yourself up before your kid and do not go on your phone. Do not wake yourself up and scroll through social media. No, 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 wake yourself up and be alone totally alone (laughs) with no stimulus, with no, you know, you're not talking to someone, you're not phoning a friend, you're literally being alone for even 10 minutes. I'm telling you, that is the thing that is going to fill your cup. And especially if you are an ambitious mother who wants to build the business and all the things, we need to regulate our nervous system. Okay. We need to give ourselves some space and time to be in our own energy. And that's probably like the number one mistake I made when I was like a brand new mom was I didn't give myself that time and space. I was like, I don't have this time. I I need to be working constantly. I never slept when when my daughter slept. I don't even necessarily think we need to sleep when the baby sleeps, as they say, but we do need to give ourselves time and space away, time and space where we're not being overly stimulated. And if you do struggle with high stress, high anxiety, and you're constantly tired, that likely could be a result of overstimulation of the nervous system. We're too focused on other things all the time. We're not giving ourselves that time and that space to, like I said, to downregulate and to be calm, okay? So take some time in the day. And again, if you can do this right first thing in the morning, boom, you're gonna feel there's a huge difference. Even try this out. Take one morning and do it. Notice the difference in your interaction with your kid in the morning. Notice how it creates a ripple effect in your day, right? You'll probably feel like you have more resilience to handle the 55 million questions that your kid has to ask you in the morning (laughs) than you would if you just woke up right with your kid. I say this to my non-mom friends all the time. I'm like, imagine if you woke up in the morning and boom, you were at work and your boss was like, hey, do you have that report? Do you have that report? Is the report done? Brenda, I don't know why I said Brenda. I could have just used my name, but you know what I mean? Your boss, your little boss, who's a hellraiser, you know, is is asking you for stuff already right in the morning. That's a lot. You wouldn't just wake up and go right to work. You would feel overwhelmed, right? So don't wake up and get right to work, okay? Wake up and give yourself that time and that space. Initially, like I said, it could be 10 minutes, 15, 30, whatever. Gradually, you're gonna increase that. I now wake up at a whopping four to 4.30 in the morning to give myself a few hours in the morning so I can feel like amazing. And that was a process, okay? To not just go from like waking up at 8 a.m. with my kid to waking up at like 4, 4.30, it was, it was time. 
Okay, so really do yourself a favor and get up before your kid and do not go on your phone and stimulate yourself. Really just, you know, give yourself that time to um, to calm down. And I have this written a little bit later on my list of things that I want to talk about. But while we're talking about morning routine, I'm going to talk to you guys about an evening routine. Because another thing that I see with a lot of my mom clients is, again, as we crave alone time. We need it. We desire it. We We need it. We want it. And a lot of us will give ourselves that time in the evening, okay? You'll put your kid to bed. They'll go to bed at, I don't know. I mean, kids go to bed at such a range of times. It could be eight. It could be 10, right? And then we crave, we're so desperately craving that time alone that we, we take that alone time at night. And oftentimes, because we're so overstimulated, we want to numb out with Netflix or, you know, scrolling through our Instagram, catching up or messaging our friends, right? Um, it was a big challenge for me living in India when my daughter would go to sleep and I'd want to talk to my friends back home. And because of the time zones in my evening, it's their day. Like I can, I can connect with them. And so that was a really vicious cycle. I personally got myself into that. I see so many of my, forget even mom clients, just like, I was going to say regular human clients, but you know what I mean? The non-mom clients is that we'll get home from work, have the dinner, and you just want to chill. You want to like veg out at the end of the day. And oftentimes what that gets us into, especially as moms, we put our kids to sleep and then we want to have that time alone. We want to have that alone time is it gets us in this spiral or this cycle of we're then staying up till 11 or midnight, right? Being alone. And you're not going to wake up at six or seven or an early time if you've gotten to bed at midnight, right? So it puts us in this cycle of then waking up with our kid, right? feeling overstimulated in the morning, feeling overwhelmed. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Feeling that chaotic space, right? When actually we can break that cycle by going to bed earlier. Go to bed. I actually go to bed at this point pretty much with my daughter, which is amazing. And every now and then I don't. I'll stay up a little bit, read a book. But getting into and getting an integrity with that evening routine and making sure that we're not staying up like a crazy late time with our kids is going to be really, really helpful in setting us up for being able to wake up in the morning and then having that more... um, grounding time in the morning. Since I switched things up, I have to tell you, it's so, so powerful. And I could even go deeper into, maybe I'll do a whole other live on this as well. But when we look at the different times of the day that are ruled by the doshas, post 10 PM is ruled by Pitta dosha. So I notice if I'm awake in the evenings, post 10 PM, I'm fired up. Like I'm a little bit like um, stimulated, right? I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Like I'm thinking I've got ideas going. Pitta time is a very productive time of the day. So it's ruled from about like, you know, 10 or 11 AM until, you know, two or 3 PM, right? Which is the bulk of our day, which is the productive time of our day. But it's also ruled, you know, in the evening in that time. And that's when we might do a lot of our digest, you know, the, the mental digestion of our subconscious, you know, things that we've seen throughout the day that we should be doing when we're asleep. If we're awake, it might, you know, cause us to feel more stimulated. So again, we want to get into a better, again, Ayurveda is all about rhythm. Okay. So none of what I'm sharing really today is like super Ayurvedic in the sense of like, take these herbs, like, no, no, no. Foundationally, we want to get these things in place before we start talking about herbs and supporting the body through herbs, right? You could take all the herbs until the cows come home, but if you're staying up until midnight and you're, you know, like waking up with your kid, that dysregulation is going to be those herbs aren't going to be as helpful, right? So we want to get these foundational like sort of lifestyle practices in integrity before we go into these, you know, different um, like herbal and deeper, you know, recommendations, right? This goes for nutrition as well. 
So again, Ayurveda being all about rhythm, we want to get into a more natural rhythm. And the natural rhythm is we sleep when the sun sets. We're not, listen, I know we're not going to bed when the sun sets. Okay. I also know that we're not waking when the sun rises necessarily, but ideally we want to be early to bed and early to rise. So if we can shift that as mothers, if we can go to bed earlier and give ourselves time in the morning to be alone, that is really, really powerful, okay? So again, if there's one thing that you can take away from this, it's early to bed, early to rise. Give your nervous system, your prana, some time to be calm and regulated in the morning so that you're not waking up like, ah, oh, answering 55 million questions, okay? So those are two things that you can do from a more like lifestyle and routine perspective. The other thing that you're really gonna wanna focus on is fueling your body with food and nutrition. And here's the thing, okay, sleep or nidra is one of the pillars of health in Ayurveda. And if you are a mom for the first 10 years of that kid's life, you are not gonna sleep. I'm, I mean, maybe some of you have fantastic sleep habits. Maybe you've, you know, some of you have kids that like sleep through the night and maybe as they grow older, they sleep fantastically, awesome. For some of us, we have children. I co-sleep with my daughter. I actually love co-sleeping with her. Um, I think it's going to be very traumatizing for her to maybe try and sleep in another bed. I really enjoy co-sleeping with her. So I, that's something that I want to continue. But you can have the best of intentions to have your kid sleep in another room. And there is no guarantee that your kid is going to sleep through the night. And so we need to be prepared for, as mothers, that we might not have, you know, that amazing, nourishing sleep we might be sleep deprived for many, many years. <laughs> and, and if that is the case, you know, there might not be things that we can do relative to our sleep in the sense of we can't necessarily control how our kids are sleeping and we can do the best that we can. And there will be situations and times and circumstances where they're sick through the night and you have to be up or they just don't sleep through the night or it's a challenge or whatever it is. If our sleep is not optimal, that's not ideal from an Ayurvedic lens, of course we want to work on our sleep, but if we can't, if that's not accessible to us, we can fuel ourselves and we can nourish ourselves in other ways to support our physical body in those times when we're not getting enough sleep. And this is where nutrition comes into play. There is so much I could say about nutrition. That's not what this podcast is about, but this is to really highlight the importance of nutrition for mothers. We need to be fueling our body with the proper nutrients, you know, in a way that's in alignment for our dosha, in a way that's in alignment for the current state of our agni, for our nervous system, if we are going to be deprived and depleted in these other areas. That is a way that we can support and nourish our adrenals, that we can support and nourish our hormones and our metabolism and every cell in our, our entire body, especially if we're not getting proper sleep. So it starts with honestly, first and foremost, eating real food. Start nourishing and fueling your body with real foods that can't, this is like Ayurveda 101. Before we go into the, you know, deep depths of the doshas and eating super in alignment for your dosha and the seasons and all of that, many of us aren't eating real food. That is where everybody should start. Start eating real food, eat less processed food, eat food that comes from the earth, eat food that was, you know, created by nature that was not created in a lab somewhere, okay? That wasn't a science experiment. Start eating real food. This is going to fuel and nourish your body deeply 
And once we've started that, we can of course go deeper into the specifics for you as a unique individual because no two people are the same and there might be certain you know issues from a digestive perspective that are happening, but we need to be so mindful of our nutrition as mothers because especially in the early days, if you're breastfeeding, you know, you are being depleted even more of energy, right? That your life force is being taken from you and exchanged in the most beautiful way, but we need to refuel that, right? We need to make sure that we're fueling our tanks. We're fueling our yogi selves, yogi fuel. This is where the initial idea of yogi fuel came from, right? It was mostly food related. And then of course, as I dove deeper into Ayurveda, we see that so many different things fuel our body and our nervous system and all of that. But food and nutrition plays a huge role in our physiology and keeping our physiology in integrity. And Again, like level one, you know, I remember like I've taken so many of these amazing like leadership courses and they always say, they always start with level one physio or level one leadership, right? As a mother, you're a leader. And if you want to be a mother and you want to be an, you know, an entrepreneur and you want to run a business or you want to have a coaching thing, level one leadership, level one starts with your physiology. We need our physiology in integrity. We need to have that physical energy to be able to run the business, to be able to be the mom, to be able to, you know, keep going in those times. And it starts with our nutrition. It starts with fueling that physical body and feeding our body what it needs to be in integrity. Okay. So food is a powerful way that we can support that physical body. And we want to be really mindful of being in integrity that way. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I wanted to say about food. Um, I mean, I, I think that's really it, right? Just really being mindful and aware of the fact that we are what we eat and giving ourselves permission and, and doing the work that we can to make sure that the food that we're eating is really, really deeply nourishing us, especially when we are in a state where we have so much energy going out, right? Whether that's like we're breastfeeding or just our energy, our attention, our awareness is going out and into our children. We need to be refueling. And so we can refuel with food. We'll talk about refueling with exercise and with breath and with, you know, meditations and all of that. But, you know, phase one is like fueling with our food, right? The next thing that you're going to want to be really mindful of is as, you know, mothers, as ambitious, you know, entrepreneurs, mothers who are looking to, you know, reduce and relieve stress and really just, you know, like we said, cultivate more energy, Moving our body is one of the key things. We want to move our body every day. Um, and we want to be mindful of if we are in a chronic stressed state, if we are chronically depleted, if we're feeling super tired, if we're giving, giving, giving so much of our energy all the time to our children, if we're giving that energy to our business, if we're giving that energy to, you know, wanting to make healthy, nourishing foods, be really mindful of how you are giving your energy in your exercise regimens, right? Whether that's a yoga practice or that's an exercise program, whatever feels in alignment for you. Now, if you're feeling stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, while exercise is there to nourish and build and, and fuel the body, it is also depleting. So if we're chronically stressed, if we have adrenal fatigue, if we're like tired all the time, if we're burnt out, a highly intense exercise program is going to burn us out more. It's more energy going out of the body. And that's not to say that we can't be mothers and, you know, have these, you know, deep practices or, you know, for example, I was an Ashtanga practitioner, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't do our practices, but we need to be mindful of the season of our lives. And again, getting clear on what is your intention? What do you want? Do you want to have a deep practice? Is that more your goal? If it is awesome, then all our energy and resources go into fueling that practice. 
But if you also want to have, or, you know, if instead you're like, I want to be this really present mother and I want to have this business and I want to have energy for that, just be mindful of your resources, right? Where do you want your energy to go, right? And align with that. And so if you do want more of your energy to go toward building the business and you do want more of your energy to go toward, you know, being that present mom who's making the granola or whatever, you, you, you have these resources and you need to allocate them appropriately, right? You might notice, and this is such an evolution, it's such a practice, you might notice that you can, you know, you have the resources, you have it within you to do your practice at 100%, to be a mom at 100%, you're getting the sleep, you're doing the thing, like maybe you have all the energy there and, and you don't feel depleted, awesome, but you're probably here because you do feel depleted, that's potentially why you're listening to this, right? So always being mindful of how am I feeling, how is this making me feel? And this is where, again, you know, this is, like I said, it's such a process. It's such a practice. We're all constantly shifting and changing and our circumstances as mothers are changing and evolving. The demands of motherhood are changing and evolving. The demands of your business are changing and evolving. And so we just want to be attuned to what are the demands of me and how am I aligning my energy with that, right? What am I giving my energy to? Is it depleting me? Is it fulfilling me? Am I feeling an integrity and just constantly being in that space and being in that conversation with yourself, right? About what it is that you need and knowing that there's no shame in saying, you know what? The, the practice is in showing up. For me, my relationship to Ashtanga shifted dramatically with the, um, the lockdowns and the pandemic and being a mom and working full time and also being an entrepreneur, like something had to give. And I made myself very guilty. I made myself very wrong that I was doing mostly standing a lot of days. I haven't done more than like I think I went out, if, if you do a stronger than this, then this means something to you. If you don't, you're like, what's she talking about? I haven't done my full practice in over like a year and a half. Like I haven't done more than half primary in a very long time. And I made myself really wrong for that. And it wasn't until I did this work and I realized, you know what? No, this is perfect for me right now. For this season of my life, this is perfect for me. That the practice is in showing up. I love this practice. I think it's awesome. And the practice is in showing up. It doesn't serve me in this season of my life to burn myself out trying to do my entire practice every single day. There's other things to do. And my kid is at home for half the day and that's tough and I'm okay with that. And I've come to terms with that. So again, just being in that practice of like not judging yourself if you need to do less, it doesn't make you less because you're doing less. You're conserving your energy. You're attuning to the season of life that you're in, okay? So just being mindful that we want our exercise, we want these practices to fuel us, right? And this doesn't mean that you can't, like I said, push the boundaries of your physical capabilities. Um, it's just we want to be mindful that something has to give, right? So the next thing that I'll that I'll I'll share, and this is going to be sort of like a catch-all um, suggestion, is making time each day for some sort of formal. I'm going to call it spiritual practices. You can call it and refer to it as spiritual if you want. Formal, like calming, regulating practices. So this could look like a daily meditation sadhana. This could look like a daily breathwork practice, a pranayama practice. Um, something that's going to consolidate your energy, bring it inward, allow you to concentrate, allow you to calm, and allow you to focus. That could also be in alignment with your yoga practice, with your movement practice, right? It's where I love ashtanga, it's where I love yoga, is it's kind of like a combi, right? It's like you're moving your body, you're calming the mind, you're consolidating the energy, and you're feeling good and you're feeling grounded. So you could have it all be that. You could have, you know, a movement practice that's different and you could have this meditation or mantra practice or pranayama practice, whatever you want, you know, whatever that feels like for you, that's more formal, but some sort of daily anchor 
into calmness, into your spiritual practice, something that's going to allow you to intentionally regulate the nervous system to calm you down and sort of bring you inward. That is super, super helpful. And I say formal practice, and I'll just touch on this really quickly. One of the things we do inside of Embodied Ayurveda is we talk about this concept of formal practices versus informal practices. And this was a concept that was taught to me in my original mindfulness teacher training, where we talked about how we want to have these daily, you know, structured practices where we're committing to a particular amount of time every day, which for the, for, for the, I was going to say by the way, and for the moms, and it just fused into one sentence, which for the moms it might be less, right? When I first did my initial mindfulness teacher training with John Kabat-Zinn, if you're familiar with him, the daily recommended time for practice, and even traditionally in Ayurveda, the daily recommended time for meditation practice is like 30 minutes, twice a day. I don't think that's accessible to most mothers, to be quite frank with you. If you have a little child, you're probably not meditating twice a day for 30 minutes, okay? So for me, what I always say to my mom clients, to anyone in EA who's a mom, to anyone in EA who's super busy and ambitious, Start with five, start with a crazy easy amount of time that you know you can commit to every day and do that, right? But make sure that we have these these daily anchors, right? That are formal that, okay, today at this time, I'm gonna do this. It's this daily anchor and it's this quote unquote formal practice that sort of roots us in. And then we also have these informal practices. So this is where we go into what are the strategies for, you know, anchoring in and creating a sense of calm and balancing the nervous system in an acute moment where you feel overwhelmed or where you feel self-judgment or where you feel anxious or you feel super stressed, right? It happens. You're on a call with a client. You're like, oh God, you know, or you're, I don't know, you're doing this other thing and you're with your kid and you feel overwhelmed and you feel anxious. How are you going to deal with it in that moment? That's more of like an informal practice. So really just giving yourself that um, time every day. And again, this could be like spiritual. I mean, for me, I think that a lot of you who are listening to this would consider yourselves like a spiritual mom, someone who's both spiritual and who's also ambitious, right? And I think that it's so important and something that's been really helpful for me is like creating that time and space to connect back to that spirituality because it can become very like, I don't want to say mundane, but it can become very routine, but I'm someone who really thrives when I'm connected to that deeper essence, to that deeper thing, to that deeper practice, right? I'm someone who really just like, yes, like it washes over me and it feels really, really good. So giving yourself that permission to tune back into, to tap back into that part of yourself every day, because before you were a mother, you might've felt like you were this spiritual woman, you know, who, you know, did these different practices and rituals and you don't have to do them all, but but give yourself permission to access that part of yourself every day so that you don't lose yourself. I know this was a huge thing for me. My gosh, like navigating, I always say like when a, when a child is born, so is a mother and you're relearning how to do life with a tiny human that needs you all the time. And there were parts of you that you might've forgotten and that feel like home to you. And you want to just create a little bit of space every day to like, to, to, to tap into those pieces of yourself because you are a person and, and an autonomous human being outside of being a mother. And so a huge part for me and just like calming and, and relieving stress and feeling more energy is, is reconnecting with those parts of myself, right? Is doing those things every day that connect me back to, to me, to the me who I was before I had my daughter. So if you can do that, if that's something that resonates with you, definitely bring those, those pieces back into your life. Those fuel you. Like we talk about, I talk in EA, you know, about fueling our subtle energy, right? I talk about these sort of pillars, fueling the physical body, fueling the, you know, the nervous system, calming the mind, but there's this subtle energy fueling, fueling your spiritual self. That is going to give you so much energy. That is going to reconnect you when you're connected and you're in alignment 
we naturally feel more energized, right? We know that there are times, situations, and circumstances. For example, if you if you run a business that you love, like I say all the time, doing these lives gives me energy. Even though I'm giving energy out, like my energy is going out into this microphone and into all of you, because it's something I love and that feels aligned, it actually fuels me. Like I feel that energy. I feel like this is sounding really woo, but it's true. I feel the energy coming back into me, even though I woke up at 4 a.m. today and I did not have a great sleep last night and I did my practice this morning and I did all of these things. I'm here and I'm giving my energy to you. This has been like 41 minutes of me talking. Anyone who, again, has a job or whatever where you talk and you share, you know it can be draining, but you also know what it feels like when it can be invigorating when it can give you energy. So even though I might have a 41 minute conversation with someone else, again, where literally I've been talking this entire time. So imagine I give a 41 minute monologue to, I don't know, someone, or I'm having a 41 minute conversation with someone who's draining my energy. We also know what it feels like to do something for a long amount of time that actually fuels our energy. And this is an example of that. And so for me, actually, I'm going off here, but I'm getting, I'm getting into it. Um, for me, my business and Yogi Fuel and sharing and talking and working with clients has always been something that fuels me, that adds to my energy, that allows me to show up as a more present and aligned and happy mother than if I didn't, right? And maybe I'll do an entire other episode on what it's like to be a mother who's you know, building her business and, and the whole sort of like mental, emotional, spiritual challenges, right? Of feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough and all of those things along the journey. That's actually a whole other conversation. So I'm going to put a pin in it for now. But, and where was I going with this? But yes, there are things that we can do in our day that even though they take our energy, they actually give us energy. So for me, this is one of them. So finding things in your day, I feel like I was talking about formal practices, but also finding those little nuggets and those things in your day that fuel you, that give you energy, that connect you back to your mission, that connect you back to your why, that connect you back to who you are. Woo, is so powerful. It's so, so, so powerful. I was actually going through today and I was like re sort of hashing out like the, the pillars inside Embodied Ayurveda. And um, the last one is self-alignment. And just like this concept of being self-aligned is so powerful because when we're in, like I said, that space of self-alignment and we're connected, everything we do from that place sort of gives us this more potent and powerful energy. So the last thing that I want to say to you, the last sort of like piece of advice that I want to give to you, if you are a mama and you're trying to do all the self-care things and you're, you know, trying to cultivate more energy and, you know, navigating this, this challenging time of ambition and motherhood is that sometimes we can use our experience in motherhood as a practice. And I'm going to share with you what this has looked like in my experience. I mean, I, I've got like about four years of experience of this, but, and those of you with slightly older children, you might have a different experience, but I found that weaving in practices into our actual lived experience of motherhood is really powerful. So for example, when my daughter was a lot younger and I was like breastfeeding her, I would be laying down and doing pranayama. I would be intentionally focusing on my breath and making it like a mindful activity, right? Rather than like, even sometimes I would do this, right? Like scroll, scroll Instagram, that can be overstimulating. But doing a breath practice, right? While we are breastfeeding can be really calming and regulating to the nervous system. So I would do things like that. I remember there were times when like, oh my goodness, it's bringing me back. I'd be walking her in the baby carrier, trying to get her to sleep and she'd be crying and she'd be fussy. And I remember I would walk and I would be bouncing and I would just be breathe, like again, focusing on my breath. I'd be mindfully walking. I'd be observing and noticing 
the sound of her cry and how does that feel in my body? I would be making it a mindful experience, right? And I know that that might sound like, okay, Mel, like that does not sound like my real house, but I'm telling you, it's really powerful because our practices, all these practices we do of mindfulness of yoga, the intention is that in, in, in Buddhism, they say there's the time in the meditation space and there's the time outside the meditation space. And ideally we want those two times to almost be like blurred together where the time when we're in our informal meditation, we're so present, we're so aware that it's as though we're in the meditation space. So for me, and again, I'm saying this to you as a very imperfect mother who is not like, oh, I'm so mindful with my kid. Like, yeah, I I yell at her sometimes. Like I get irritated with her sometimes. I'm not totally hundred percent present with her sometimes. I'm not some sort of robot who is like mindful mama robot i don't ever get upset with my kid i'm so present no like i get distracted i'm on my phone i see you know a client message come in and i want to respond right away i see something come in for my work i'm like oh i want to i want to respond to that right away i see that right and i see the frustration in me um but the more intentional i am about being with my daughter now that she's a little bit older and she asks me all the questions, the more intentional I am about being with her and the more I use it as an opportunity to really be present with her and create a relationship with her and just use it as an opportunity to just, you know, whatever, be, be calm with her. And I use it as an opportunity for practice, the more present and happy I feel in those interactions with her versus when I, I have my phone and I'm like looking at it and trying to message someone like that's dysregulating and I see it in her. She's not happy. I'm not, no one's happy in that situation. So really using whatever stage and season of motherhood you're in, asking yourself, like, where can I make this a practice? Where can I make this more mindful? Where can I be more present? How can I use this as an opportunity to calm my nervous system? What does that look like? So those are my tips. I feel like I gave a lot to you in this in this episode, in this live. I feel like this was a lot to take in and, and I hope it was helpful. I hope that this gives you some insight into the way that you can navigate your ambition and your motherhood while still being mindful and present and having all of the energy. This is certainly something that is multidimensional, that is multifaceted. There is no one simple thing that you need to do, you know, as a mother, it's really like integrating all of these pieces and all of these parts to make sure that we are fully nourished, that we are fully fueled as mothers so that we can go out into the world and we can have and do and be whatever it is that our version of ambitious motherhood looks like. And maybe for you, that's being a kick-ass stay-at-home mom. Maybe that for you is being a CEO. Maybe that for you is being a hippie mom who also has this side hustle and who does this, like it is going to look different for everyone. But my intention is that I've given you hopefully lots of tools and strategies and suggestions and ways that you can really navigate this challenging intersection. And for those of you who are newer moms, I know... I just intimately know this experience. And it's been, like I said, not an easy ride for me. It hasn't been like, oh, I was this mindful mom. Like, no, I had a tumultuous experience in motherhood and it's been a challenge. And getting to this place, I I can share this with you from embodied difficulty, from like embodied challenges, from really being in the work and really being in this space and grappling with all my emotions and feeling overwhelmed and and really just like getting to a place where I definitely feel more aligned and, and in integrity in my body, in my mind, in my in my you know experience of motherhood. And certainly it's still a practice. It's still a practice of me you know, learning how things work best with my daughter, learning, you know, what I need to do to feel fueled. Every day is a little bit different, but anyways, I hope that this gave you a little bit more um, support and guidance and awareness. And please know that if you, 
If you need more, if you want to go deeper, if you really want to get into the root of this, if you want to go deeper in any and all of these areas, please reach out. Um, please reach out. You can email melissa at yogifuel.com. Um, if you're listening to this in the Facebook group, then there will be a link where we can connect. You can just DM me. If you're listening to this in the podcast, there will be a link below where you can read more about Embodied Ayurveda, which is our group coaching program where we go so deep into all of these things and really helping you to co-create the life and you know reality that it is that it's going to be supportive for you. Um, we also have ways of working together more one-on-one. Um, and really, as per everything with Ayurveda, it's so unique and individual. So I want to support you in, in co-creating a way of being and working together or supporting you in any way. We've got tons of free resources, again, in a way that's going to be totally in alignment for you. So if you need help, if you need support, if you're like, I am fucking tired, I'm exhausted, I'm friggin' overwhelmed, this all sounds great, Mel, but like, I honestly don't even know where to start with implementing this please reach out to me. We will get you what you need, irrespective of what that looks like. We will get you set up with some next steps and help you to move forward with this. Um, I know how hard it is deeply, again, from that embodied experience. And so it is my mission to support you in, in fueling, in feeling better, in getting the energy that you, that is your birthright. You deserve to feel energized and vibrant and aligned and to be in control of your stress and have the version of motherhood that you desire, right? Whatever that looks like for you, right? And you deserve to have the energy alignment and all of that great and wonderful stuff to be able to go out and do that. So please reach out. Please let me know if you need anything. Um, Thank you for tuning in, whether or not you tuned in alive. I know that I think we had some streaming issues. So thank you for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed this. And as per usual, if you have any suggestions, if there's anything you want me to talk about, please let me know. Again, DM me, send me a message in any and all of the ways that you can definitely reach out to me. Let me know if there's anything that you want me to share about um, any other topics. Let me know if you found this helpful. Reach out to me in the DMs. I love, love, love hearing from you. I love connecting with you in any way. So please reach out. Let me know that this was helpful. If there's anything more that you want to hear, and I'm happy to do that. So thank you so much for coming and I will see you next time.